All right, you may be seated, gentlemen, so we can get going with the program. I really appreciate Brian Bragg for so many reasons. And uh, he's continually stepped up when there's a need. He's really good at, at setting his priorities. I really appreciate that. You know, I was told early on, uh, working with uh, some of the guys in Christ Church who sadly are no longer a part of it because they didn't really understand what it mean to, meant to be a new creation. But they were hammering me about, you know what, you just need to get out and give yourself fully to preaching and teaching. And, and uh, at Willamette High School, you just need to open your Bible and start preaching so they fire you. And then once you're fired, then you can go full time and and then you just start knocking heads, and it's like, what in the world? It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And that was like the first couple of years. And those guys shunned me because I was a public school teacher. Well, as you heard the story last night, Brian Bragg is now a brother in Christ. Brian Bragg is now an ordained evangelist. Brian Bragg is now working with the toughest group on the face of the earth. Joey, you know, do police officers trust anybody other than a police officer? Not generally. Not generally. And, and do they generally trust every one of the police officers? Not usually. Not usually. Okay. So, man, you're working with the toughest crew on earth, you know. So uh, I sent Kirk in there to, to, uh, <laughs> to work with the folks at Alvador, and they're sweet, loving people. They really are. Where's Brian? He's in the toughest crowd on the face of the earth man and uh they're not taking nothing from nobody it's just like everything's with a crooked eyeball isn't that how that works joey it's just like oh yeah whatever you say and in a way i'm turning my back on you man that, that's just i understand i understand that working with police officers the last five years and you know pretty close this guy is getting the job done but his priorities are right god is his covering when he's at work, when he's at home, when he's in the woods. It's constantly about God. And really, his wife is, is first, and his kids. So we may not see him as often as we'd like to see him, but he, I think he's got the priorities right. He's raising up a mighty army in those boys, and he's supporting his, his wife so that she can really help raise up that army because, you know, as you all know, you know, she's doing a lot of that heavy lifting. And I just love this guy. I so appreciate him, and he really is doing a great job. And I'm so thankful that he's got my back as, he, as we have his back. So let's bring him up. Brian Bragg. Woohoo! Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. Appreciate that. You know, as I was listening to Kirk, as I have so often, um, you know, from a, from a worldly uh, perspective, uh, Kirk and I would never even talk to each other. We would never look at each other. We we are two just completely different people, you know. And, and that's that's the that's the beauty of of being in Christ, right? So I love that man, right? If, if if I would lay my life down for that guy, if anybody wants to mess with him, they're gonna have to go through me, which probably isn't gonna happen, right? And and that's just the way it is. But from a worldly perspective, we would never have even nodded at each other in passing, you know. And yet he's my beloved brother who, who I would do anything for, you know. And, and that's when, he, when you look at, at the body of Christ, right? I mean, that's, that's the way it is across the board. When you, when I, there's times when we're usually, we're usually sitting in the back for multiple reasons. Um, but, you know, as I'm looking out, especially when we're singing, you know, and I'm just 
I'm seeing, you know, my people, right? These, these, these are my brothers and my brothers and sisters. And I just, I just, you know, I feel sorry for anybody that ever tries to mess with, with any of, of my brothers and sisters, right? So, you know, that's, that, that was my big challenge, right? Because I'm, I'm a super type A personality. I don't like very many people. It's just kind of the way it is, you know? Um, and, and so I've had, to, I've had to work on that, right? That was one of those things that I really had to work on was, was em, embracing, truly, not a hugger, right? You know, embracing people. You know, how important, how important that, that hugging uh -huh. really is. You know, I mean, sometimes there's nothing you can say that that is more powerful than than a hug. Right. right. You don't say anything. Just walk up and embrace somebody. And so, you know, having children that way, I was never raised. You know, my, my dad, my mom left when I was 14 years old. Haven't seen her since. Um, you know, so my dad was raised, you know, with, with, with a pretty rough sawmill guy. You know, that we never told each other that we loved each other. We never we never embraced. That's the way I was raised. You know, so becoming a Christian, um, you know, and, and having, you know, that, that power, that change that came into me. The first time I told my dad that I loved him, you know, after becoming a Christian, you should have seen a look on his face, right? You're like, what? What? You know, what is that? Or the first time I attempted to hug him, you know, after... You know, we had dinner or something, you know, and now it was awesome because now, you know, who, 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 who basically tells, you know, me that he loves me first. I don't have to tell him anymore. And who's the first to generally come after me and give me a hug. You know, it's 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 the beauty of Christ. And it's just one of just one of the the, the thousands of things. Right. That that we have the blessings that are in Christ when we embrace those things. Right. When we make them part of our lives. When we allow Jesus to, to, to change us. And, and you know, as, as we look at, at courage, right, courage under fire, boy, boy, do you see that. You know, Joey knows this. You know, you, you see it. I mean, when, 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 when things get down and dirty, you see the true colors of people, right? Someone you think that, that could stand either locks up or will run the other way. You know, during all the BLM protests, you know, you're lining up, you know, 15 of us. There's 15 of us. You know, lined up there, and there's 250 people on the other side, right? And and a lot of times we just had to pull patrol guys, normal patrol guys, over to help us out, you know. And we would spread them in between the rest of the SWAT guys, and you would see them. Like, literally, the guy next to me, he's just holding his stick, shaking, you know. And so I, I took my stick, and I hit him in the helmet, you know. <laughs> literally, I'm just like, whack, you know. And he's like, well, I'm like, you're okay. I'm like, you're okay. I got you. I'm right here. I'm like, you're good, man. And you just see him just like, oh, okay. That's all he needed, right, was, was, was that reassurance. And, and a lot of times, that's, that's, that's all we need, right? We, we need that, that, that reassurance. Um, you know, as I, as I look at, I think often of, of Acts 2.42, you know, you know God, God lays things out in his word on purpose, and we're going to go to Revelation 21 because, you know, that, that's, that's big. He, he touched on that. Kirk touched on that. And we're going to go to that later. Uh, but God lays these things out, right? Apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Four things. Continually devoting themselves to, right? Well, the apostles teaching is what? Well, that's the most important thing we have, right? The Word of God. What's number two on that list? Fellowship. Fellowship fellowship there's a reason for that 
I told Alan that, you know, I was so convicted uh, on some of the things he talked about last night. And part of that is the struggle of Wednesday and Sunday night assembly. Safe start was hilarious. He's talking about it. And I'm like, because my wife, you know, just an amazing woman. I don't know why she married me, um, you know, because she's the sweetest, nicest, greatest woman ever, right? Um, but for, se- for 17 years, it has absolutely worked beautifully. And why? Because we put Christ first, both of us, you know, um, and then we live for each other, and, 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 it, and it works. Boy, it's weird. God said that, and it works. That's strange, right? <laughs> we only did what God told us all the time. Um, but the fellowship, right, the, the Sunday night, I'm like, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're working 16-hour shifts. We're, we're doing extra over, overtime because we're so shorthanded, and I'm like, I'll have a Sunday night, you know. And she's like, yeah, I really want to go tonight. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I just want to, and we pull it up, we, you know, the Facebook Live, and we watch it, you know. And I feel like that's, that's the right thing until Alan, you know, speared me right in the heart last night. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that's, that's, that's exactly right, you know. Like, we need to go. And I, and I thought about it. I'm laying there last night. I'm like, God lays it out. Fellowship. Apostles teaching and fellowship is the second thing that he lays out. And, and it's not by chance that he does that. Right? The breaking of bread. Jesus himself says there is no life in us if we do not partake in the Lord's Supper every week. There is no life in us. Jesus says that. So how important is being there and breaking bread? And sometimes I can't be, you know, because of shift work. I can't be at assembly, you know. And that's the other thing, the beauty of my life. There's days, you know, and, and some of you might, might know, that you don't know actually what day of the week it is. Like, you completely lose track of, of what, I know what day of the week it is for me, kind of, <laughs> you know, but I don't know what actual, what what day of the week it is. And so there'll be times when I'm getting ready for work, and all of a sudden my wife, you know, she's running upstairs, and, and uh, she's like, hey, I know you're getting ready, but we got we to break bread. All right, where, where would I be without her? All right, that's, that's, that's my life, right? Jesus said, there's no life in me if I do not partake. And there's times I'm so just out, like I just forget, right? And she's like, no, here, let's go. And prayer. You know, we often think how powerful prayer is, which it is. You know, but where does it fall on the list? You know, number four. But all those things, are they essential to our goal? Absolutely they are. You know, continually devoting ourselves to those things. As we talk about courage, Right? Um, courage defined mental and or moral strength to persevere and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty, right? The mental and moral strength, that's what we're going to work on, is the mindset. It's the mindset, right? I, we talked the other day because I've, you know, worked in sawmills and, and pulled green chain for a lot of years, you know, and watched some of these big strong just burly dudes come in right and they'd last like two days they had the muscle to do it but they didn't have the mindset right and it's the same thing in everything we do in police work and whatever we do right it's it's the mindset and so we're going to work on on mindset and the difference between arrogance and confidence because there is a difference and i get accused all the time of being arrogant, 
which is which is crazy. We've had a lot of recruits lately, right? And a lot of times once they hit a certain point, man, I'm just sitting back, watching them, letting them do their thing. I'm sitting there like literally say nothing, like kind of in a corner, just kind of watching, right? And things are kind of going sideways. And, you know, I'm just standing there. I'm kind of watching and seeing what's going on. And and instead of that that guy that we're having issues with, he picks out me. I haven't said a word. I'm sitting over in the corner, you know. I'm just kind of waiting. He's like, what's your problem? I'm like, I'm like, I don't have a problem. Well, it looks like you got a problem. You're just sitting there staring at me. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, and I try to be cool about it, but he's, he's like, well, you just look like you're just arrogant. And I, I say it all the time, like, uh, don't mistake arrogance for confidence. You know, he's like, well, you're some tough guy. I'm like, no, I'm not some tough guy, but I'm like, I've, I'm just standing there doing nothing, man. I'm like, why don't you get yourself under control? You know, but, but I get that all the time. And, and the difference, right? Arrogant, right? Exaggerating one's own worth. Or importance, often by an overbearing manner, right? You see that a lot. A, uh, a showing uh, an offensive attitude of superiority, right? That's arrogance. Now, confidence is, well, I love this, full of conviction. Conviction. Having or showing assurance and self-reliance. I stand there confidently because, unfortunately, just turned 50 this year, you know, and I've said this before. I spend a ton of time in the gym, right? I'm constantly lifting weights. I'm constantly running. I'm constantly doing something. I'm a sniper on our SWAT team, only a certified sniper, so I do a ton of shooting, right? To me, it's just confidence. Like, you know what? If this dude wants to go sideways, then he's going to get hurt. If he wants to shoot it out, he's going to lose, you know? It's just the confidence in my abilities to be able to overcome anything that they want to throw at me. Well, well, how about spiritually? Right. You know, the, the spiritual. And I try to turn everything I have in a physical sense into, into the spiritual side. You know, what about spiritually? Are we confident spiritually? And who are we fighting? Right? The devil. I have literally had people in the back of my car that I've never met before. Maybe I fought with them. Maybe I didn't. And we're going down the road. Never seen this person before. And they are saying all the right things in that back seat to push my buttons. They know exactly what to say to get me fired up, right? And I'm like, I, I was sitting there driving, and, I, and as, 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 as the temperature begins to rise, I realize, wait a minute, who's doing this? You know, it's the devil. It's the devil using this poor soul right here to try to get to me. And there's times, like, and, I, and I, you know, I've tried not to do this, you know, lately, but I'll laugh out loud, and then that really fires them up, right? Because I'm 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 laughing out loud because all of a sudden I realize it's it's the, it, like this devil isn't he's a nasty seven-headed dragon that will use anybody and do anything to get to you. You know, I want to I want to be like Job, right? I read Job all, and I read it, and I read it, and I'm like, I want to be that guy that when the devil goes, hey, I want to go after somebody, and God says, you know what? Go after Brian. Go ahead. See what happens, that God has so much confidence in me, right, that he's willing to send the devil after me, knowing that I'm not going to fold, that I'm going to stay true to him. Isn't that awesome? Don't we want to be like Job? Right? Be that, be that, that one that, that God says, yeah, go after him. You know in the scriptures it says that we can grieve God? We can, we can, we can grieve God. 
Well, do we want to grieve God? No. Do you think you think He's grieving as He looks at His creation and 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 all those that He created, and just the majority of them what? Completely lost and destined for the lake of fire. He did not create the lake of fire for His creations. Right? It's for the devil and those that decided to go with him. To grieve God. We don't want to grieve God. Right? So it takes, it takes that courage, that courage, that, that, that mindset to be right. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Before we read, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are very thankful, Father, for this, this beautiful day that you have granted us. Boy, you know, you know for me, Father, being up here in the woods, the mountains, and your creation, Father, is, is, is what really recharges uh, the batteries. And, and uh, so thankful that I was able to have time off to come up here uh, with, with all my brothers, you know, and, and just to encourage, Father. So we just thank you for this time. Thank you for your word that we can be built up and to go out there and be the warriors, uh, Father, that you call us. Uh, to be so, we just I just pray that you would bless this lesson, others to come, Father. Our time together, that you keep us safe while we're running around out here, uh, enjoying our time together, and that we would truly be built up uh, to be those warriors that would go out, Father, seeking and saving the lost and showing Jesus in all that we do and all that we say. Thank you for this time. We love you and praise you. In the name of King Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 17. Says so I, I say this and affirm in the Lord that you are no longer that you are to no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds. And that's what we're gonna work on right there. The futility of their minds, right? That is not who you are anymore. Verse 18, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they have become callous, have given themselves up to indecent behavior for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you, you, us, did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former, your former way of life, you are to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of of your minds and put on the new self which in the likeness of God has been created in the righteousness and holiness of the truth right what's God talking about mindset boy how important that is to understand that it is no longer that is no longer who we are now understanding that can't can that old man come back sure at any time right if if we allow that to happen and, and boy and I've said this before when, when I start getting I, would I say too busy and losing my priorities and not reading and not praying, boy, I tell you what, the things I struggled, two things I struggled with most of my life was language and anger. And boy, those things come right back. I mean, just, just almost instantaneously. And, and, and there's times still, you know, when we're in kind of a heated situation and, and I'm starting to yell at somebody, I can feel I start getting angry. And so I start getting angry, guess what happens? Here comes some four-letter word as I'm yelling at that guy. And in the middle of all that, it's, 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 it's amazing. The Holy Spirit, right? Like, I feel this punch right here. In the middle of all that, intense, but we got some guy with a gun, whatever, whatever we're doing, you know, and I, and I throw that out. In the middle of that, just wham, right? It hits me, and I'm like, mm. So, and it's, it's, what's crazy is I go back, and then settle down. One of the first things I do, I have a little pocket Bible. 
thanks thanks to to Jeff D in in my lunchbox, right? And so first first thing I do, generally I'm like, man, I just ask for forgiveness. I'm like, Lord, you know, please forgive me. That was that was wrong. It's not any. I'm so so thankful that God knows my heart. And then I'll just grab. I don't care where I turn to in that little pocket Bible, because it's the Word of God, right? right? It gets me gets me back in the in the right mindset of why. You know what? That's not who I was. That's 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 who I was, right? And it's not who I am now. So, so so important. So we're gonna work on mindset. And so as we look at the futility of their minds in verse seventeen, right? Futility, useless, emptiness, worthless, to no purpose, right? And the mind, understanding your reason, your thoughts. Your mind and what it is dwelling on, and that controls your actions and your words. So you put those two words together, the futility of their minds, useless mind, empty understanding, worthless reason, and thoughts to no purpose. Wow. Right? Yeah. That is not what we want to be. And that's what God says. And so everyone have a useful mind, full understanding, valuable reason, and thoughts to a purpose. Right? To glorifying God. So the futility of the mind. How important is the mindset? We're going to start off a little bit, not so much on the negative, but uh, maybe on, on the other side. Ephesians 2, go there for me. Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 1, it says, And you were dead in your offenses and sins, in which you previously walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the Spirit is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them too, we all too previously lived <coughs> in the lusts of our flesh, Indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with, with Christ, and by grace you have been saved. Right? That's, that's who we once were. You previously walked. Right? Understanding that that's who. Because when we're talking about courage, you can say that, you know what? Brian, I'm not a courageous person. See, Kirk could say that. Kirk could say, I'm not a courageous person. The king could say, I'm not. I'm not built like you, Brian. God, God didn't build me just to be, go and knock down walls as, as my, the way you're built, my personality. But you are. Right. You are. Correct. Right? Because who dwells within you? Right. The fullness, isn't that crazy? When I first read that scripture, the fullness of God dwells in bodily form. The fullness of God dwells present tense in bodily form. The fullness. We have the fullness of God inside of us and capable to do anything. In fact, Jesus says, far greater things are you to do, right? Far greater things. Jesus did amazing things. And yet we're said, <laughs> he said, we're going to do far greater things because the fullness of God dwells. In. So you are. You are that warrior. You are that courageous brother, right, that goes out. People, oh my goodness, this day and age, people need that. People need that. You know, Jeff really helped me with my mindset. The first couple of years of being a cop, I hated everybody. I literally, I literally did. Like, it made it even worse. I'd come home, wife's like, hey, how's your day? I'm like, I don't even talk to you right now. Literally, that's the words I would say to her. She's like, okay. Like, she didn't quite get it, right? And I, I found like, man, I gotta, I gotta change something. You know, this, this ain't right. Because my mindset was, it that was not, not just what I did. It was who I was. 
You know, because we were told, you know, wear your badge everywhere, do this, always have a set of handcuffs on. You always... So what did I feel like all the time, what I was? I was a cop all the time. And I had to change my mindset about that, right? That is, that is not who I am. It's what I do. And, and once that became a reality to me, and Jeff really helped me out a lot with that because he saw the struggle, and I would publicly say it. You know, there's times in the sermons, I'm like, I just hate everybody. You know, and I even said one time, I think I'm like, standing in front, I'm like, I'm really, you know, really don't even care to be here talking to you right now. <laughs> tough, tough place to be, right? You know, and that's one of my faults is I'm really honest. You know, hard on the sleeve, man. I'm like, you know exactly how I feel. And so that was, that was a rough spot. And it's like changing that mindset. And then, and then, you know, Jeff's like, hey, you know, those guys, they got nowhere to go in the back of your car. Maybe you should maybe you should talk to him. And I tell you, when you when you give somebody that has no worth some worth, and let them know that somebody loves them, and you got to be careful. I quote scripture all the time, and again, Jeff's like, I used to say, hey, there's an old saying, right? Because it is an old saying, not a lie. There's an old saying, so I'm quoting scripture to these guys and letting them know, look. The problem is you don't think you have any worth, but you do have worth, you know? And then start giving them advice. You know what you need to do? You get out of here, get rid of all your friends. They're not your friends, right? Throw your cell phone away. Start over. Because a lot of these guys want to change. They just don't know how, and there's nobody there to support them. And one of my favorite stories to tell is it's, you know, midnight, it's dark, <coughs> doing this traffic stop, walking up the car, I hear this, hey, Brad. Somebody just yelling my name? Hey, Brag! I'm looking around. I can't see anybody. It's dark, right? Like, what in the world? Of course, all the lights are going off, too. So you really can't see. And, and finally, I see this guy over on the sidewalk, you know. He's like, hey, Brag! I'm like, hey! I'm like, who is that? And he's like, it's been four days! He was so proud that he hadn't done drugs in four days. And he remembered the conversation that him and I had in the back of my car and walking into jail. And I didn't care. Like, initially when I first started, if there's other cops with other custody sitting in the pre-book area, I'd kind of stop talking. And then I didn't even care anymore. I'm like, I'm just continuing, you know, talking to this guy, encouraging him. Because now who's who else is listening, right? Yeah. Everybody's listening. Right. Believe me, cops need encouragement. Yeah. The divorce rate is through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Suicides. The alcoholism. Everything, right? So when they start seeing that, and then guys, what was awesome, you know, God, God working, guys would what? They would come to me. Guys I work with, like, hey, you know, can I talk to you? Yeah, yeah, come talk to me, you know. And that was awesome. We've, we've, we've got Darren Kendrick in Christ because of it, you know. A lot of times these guys come, and I, you know, Bill's part. They know Bill. He's been at the department, and, you know, and, and just kind of slide him his way. But it's mindset, right? Knowing who you are, knowing knowing what we're called to do. To be that man that people need. Everybody. Let's go to Romans chapter one. <coughs> Romans chapter one. Beginning of verse 18. 
It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. <coughs> for since the creation of the world is invisible attributes, that is the eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made, so they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their reasonings, and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of a corruptible mankind, of birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them up to vile impurity and the lust of their hearts, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for falsehood, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to the great passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for that which is contrary to nature. And likewise, the men too abandoned natural relations with women and burned in the desire to one another, males with males, committing shameful acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And here it is. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a depraved mind, same thing, to do things that are not proper. People have been filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, and evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unfeeling, and unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Wow, are you kidding me? What? Where, where is Christendom these days, right? I mean, we're, we're talking probably 80, 90% are literally destined for the lake of fire. And some know it, some don't. But the problem is their unbelief. Their unbelief. As we read these things and as was, was brought out in Daniel, you know, and everything that happened there. Do you believe those things actually happened? Because we don't get just to believe one part of the Bible, whatever part that we want, right? It's all of it. You either believe it all or you don't. If, if, if you waver on some of these stories, you know, um, did, you know did, did Daniel really go in the lion's den? And did he actually come out? Did that actually happen? Do you believe it? If you don't, then we've got issues. It's, it's believing everything, right? We just don't get to pick out parts of the Bible, as some have done, right? In fact, they wrote their own book because they because they didn't like some of the things that were in the Bible. Craziness, right? It's so simple. It's so simple. I tell new recruits all the time when they sit there and struggle with stuff. I'm like, what are you struggling with? I'm like, do you have a crime? Do you have a victim? I'm like, stop overthinking it. You know, it's so simple. It's the same thing for us. Stop overthinking it. It's really just that simple, right? Live it for God. Throw self out of the way. But that's inconvenient. Right? Man, the people we've seen walk away that know the truth. That's what God's just talking about. In the world, you know. You know what's going to happen. They don't believe it. They don't believe it. That's just what it boils down to. You know, 
I want us to believe, right? And then we have to live it. And we're going to see that here in a little bit. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2. It's You know, it's interesting. Even in this camp, we're kind of some of the, the lessons a little bit different. We're still walking on each other, you know? Which, which, you know, we know what that tells me all the time, and we've talked about it all the time. There's, there's times like when we're doing prayer, Lord's Supper, rolls right into Bill. So we have no idea what anybody else was, was going to talk about. It's not like we call each other, like, hey, you going to wear green today? Because I'm going to wear green. You know, we should talk about this. But it just happens, right? So I'm, I'm thinking some of these scriptures, if you're hearing them a couple of times, God wants us to hear them, right? Because Kirk and I did not talk about what we were going to talk, you know. Hey, what scripture are you going to use, Kirk? We should probably double up on that one, you know. That's not the way it works. You know, God has this thing planned out. I hope you've seen that in your life. I've seen it so many times, it's ridiculous. God is in charge. We just talked about that it rained in Crestwell today. But when I left, I looked at the weather report, 91, 92, 93, Sunny, no clouds. Oh, wait a minute. Rain in Crestwell today. That's weird. Who's in charge? Right? Who's in? He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. That's what's awesome. And I, and I love being on his side. I love to win. And most of you guys know that I love to win. I don't like to lose. Like, you know, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really a bad loser. Even now, I'm still a bad loser. You know? I, I, I have joined the winning team. We have joined the winning team. There's no doubt about the fact that we will win in the end. We will win now, and we will win in the end. You are on the winning team. That should bring you great joy. It's already made. We, what? Yes, the phone finger. I, I said a long, long time ago I wanted to bring a phone finger, you know, number one, Jesus, right? Phone finger, wave it around. I've, I've, I've joked Joey and Mark about having a dog pile. In heaven. There's going to be a dog pile in heaven one day. We are going to dog pile Jesus. You know, I look forward to that. Probably. But but that picture, right? Those, those pictures are huge to me. And we're going to see a little bit of that too. Right? That's huge. You know, knowing that day is going to come. You know, and I want to be on the right side. I want to be, I want to continue to be on the winning team. Because I can choose not to be on the win winning team. We can choose that. In uh, 2 Peter 2, 17. It says, These are springs without water and mist driven by a storm for whom the black darkness has been reserved, right? For while speaking out arrogant words of no value, they enticed by fleshly desires, by indecent behavior, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error. Promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For while anyone is overcome... By this he is enslaved. For after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it be better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than having known it, turn away from the holy commandment, hand it on to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. See? And how many times have we seen that? To know and yet go back. How important is our mindset? Because we can turn. We can go back. And it happens like that. It doesn't take but three or four days for me to be like, woo, kind of lost in my own 
whatever work schedule. I'm not reading. I'm not, and it's just, it's, it's, you can just, I can feel it. I can feel the change. Isn't that crazy? Constantly. Why does it say continually devoting themselves to these things? Continually, right? I'm not the guy to sit down and spend an hour in the morning or evening praying. It's not me. That's okay. Find what works for you. I'm the guy that a lot of times when I'm driving to work, I got a 30-minute drive to work and home, I'm praying. Right? Yeah. Find a spot here. I'm, I'm the 5 to 10-minute guy, you know, here and there. When I was working on sawmills, I generally worked an hour and a half out of town, almost every meal. I was weird, almost every meal that I ran, right? And so there's times I threw my Bible up on the stream wheel and be doing that while I'm driving. I'm like, because why? Well, I need, I, it's an hour and a half. Right? I felt like I was wasting the time. Did a lot of scripture memorization back then too that way. You know? What are, what are, what are we using our time on, right? So whatever whatever works for you. But we won't be that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be vomit. Right? I love that scripture. Revelation 3 is that I, I I love that thing, right? Right? You can't be lukewarm. You gotta be hot all the time for the Lord. Lukewarm or cold, you're out. Full on hot. That's what God wants all the time. Otherwise, he's gonna vomit, vomit you out of it. Don't you love God's pictures? I love God. God's very. I love it. I mean, they're great pictures. Kidding me? The devil prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Are you kidding me? We've all seen those pictures of those lions, just ripping people to shred the animals to shreds, right? While they're still alive. Well, that's what the devil does. He's ripping people. That's what he's doing, right? He's eating people alive. People need us that know the truth and to live it, right? So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're getting getting the good stuff now. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning of verse 13. It says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. There it is, right? Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts, which were yours in your ignorance, right? We're no longer ignorant, right? Those are what were happening before. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all, all your behavior. It doesn't say some, it doesn't say a few, it says all. Every bit of it, all the time. This is a 24-7, 365, here we go, right? Always focusing on what? Doing the right thing, because people are watching, right? We don't want to be like I was mentioned last night, the hypocrites, right? I sometimes have to go and apologize to some of the people that I work with that know me, that I've talked to the Bible about when they hear me... You know when I when I spew out some four letter words sometime, because I'm because I'm teaching them other things and yet there I was doing it right, and so I go to them like hey please forgive me for that and they're like no we understand I'm like no you don't understand that's not that's who I once was that's not who I am anymore, you know I don't want to be that guy, and I'm sorry you had to see that and I don't want you to think that I'm I'm telling you one thing and then I'm living another because that's not not what I'm about I try to make it clear to them, right that I just messed up made a mistake. And that's not who I am. That's important to me for them to know that. 
In verse 17, if you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, right? Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your feudal, there it is again, your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ, right? It was the blood. It wasn't just an angel. It wasn't just somebody. It was our Lord and our King that came down and sacrificed himself for us. How many leaders are willing to sacrifice themselves for their people? Where do the, where do the leaders go? They go in hiding, right? They go take off. It was our king that came and died for us. And not just died. Alan said it last night. I'm, I'm big on the kind of the physical part of this. Sometimes, you know, and to think about what Jesus, Jesus had to have his mind right. Right? He had to have that, his mind right. And he's in the garden, and he's like, any other way, Father, any other way, right? Because what's he looking for? Man, I know what's coming. Any other way we can do this? Any other way? <laughs> God just goes, here's an angel, strengthen you, go. And Jesus went, right? With such an amazing attitude. The physical pain that he had to endure. I don't know how, much you, how many of you have gone through some serious physical pain, but it just flat messes with your head at that point. Right? That's what pain does. And yet he kept his head the whole time. Right? Most people die in the flogging. We understand that? Most people die in the, they don't make it to crucifixion. They die in the flogging. It's so severe. And the beating that he took, take your cross up there, Talk about crucifixion, right? You just can't breathe. That's what it is. You nailed to that thing, and you got to push up just to get a breath. You know, how hard is that? How much do you think that hurts, just doing that? And you lay there, and you're just suffocating. You're suffocating. And you get the strength to push yourself up after being flogged, after being beaten, after all that stuff going on. And all he's doing is what? He's thinking about who? Everybody else. talk about 98 years old right well it's never too late look at that dude hanging on the cross with him his last breath basically jesus says you're in paradise with me pal with his last breath he was saved we don't know when people are going to go we have no idea we don't know if we're the ones that god has put across their path to share with them and maybe it all is is seeing us or hearing us Right? All and everything, all the time, God says. Why? Because people are watching. Redeemed. Colossians 3. First couple verses there. It says, Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, see at the right hand of God, set your minds, there it is, on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth, right? God talks about it all the time. You ever notice that in, in different books, basically God's telling you the same thing, just in a little bit different way? I mean, literally, like, it's pretty much the same themes all throughout all the books, you know? 
I don't, I don't know what, maybe we just learn differently. Maybe we, we, we read it differently. I don't know, but it's a lot of the same things, but, but that's what he says. Set your mind on the things above, right? The things above. Courage and action, right? Because that's when it's going to happen. When things are really getting ugly, that's when that mindset is so critical. It's so crucial. And to understand what's going on. Let's go to Daniel. We'll go to Daniel. See, you, you almost stepped on me last night. The, 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 whole, the whole main portion of my, my sermon, I'm like, See, God, God knew. It's like I'm like, don't don't let him find Daniel, Lord. Don't. I'm, I'm over there praying. I'm like, don't let him, don't let him find Daniel. Don't don't. I know. I said I'm like, oh, good, good. I, I was over there going, good. I was like, yes, good. That's good. I'm like, that's that's good. <laughs> Daniel three, beginning of verse thirteen, right? Nebuchadnezzar in a rage and anger gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Do you ever notice? That Daniel got a new name when they were taken captive. But what did God continue to call him in the, in the word? Daniel, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were their three names. I have worked hard, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's their names. Yeah. It's like us being, you know, taken captive. And Well, your name's Bert now. Your name's Ernie. Your name's this and that. Well, I'm just going to start calling you Bert and Ernie then, you know. Rather than Scott and K. No, see, that's to me, that's disrespectful, right? And for years, I've always said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm like, no, it's Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. In verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar began speaking and said to them, Is it true, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, that you do not serve my gods nor worship the golden statue that I've set up? Now, if you're ready at the moment, you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigger, the psaltery, the bagpipe, and all kinds of musical instruments fall down and worship. But if you do not worship, you'll immediately be thrown in the midst of the furnace of the blazing fire. And what God is there who can rescue you from my hands? Well, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not in need of an answer to give you concerning this matter. Now, could you imagine? I, I see nothing but calmness here, yeah. right? Yep. They're not upset. They're nothing else. He's just like, there's, there's no reason to give you an answer here, right? If it be... Our God, whom we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. And here's the big one. This is what I want you to focus on. But if not, take out the italicized words. I've got them crossed out of my Bible in, in this particular verse. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods nor worship the golden statue that you have set up. But if not. Courage under fire. Right? I'm going to read this to you. In 1940, in the early part of World War II, the German forces were inflicting heavy casualties on the Allied forces of Britain and France. As the powerful Nazi troops swept across Europe, the 350,000 soldiers of the Allied army were forced to retreat. Finally, they ran out of space to retreat and were trapped on a beach against the sea across the English Channel at Dunkirk, France. The German troops had the Allied army completely surrounded with the sea at their backs, 
much like the Israelites when Pharaoh had them pinned against the Red Sea. The arrogant German Air Force dropped leaflets on the British forces telling them to surrender and that there was no hope of escape. All of England knew of the plight of their soldiers and were awaiting news of the almost certain annihilation of the 350,000 brave men. Late in the night of May 25th, a simple three-word cryptic message was transmitted across the airwaves of England from the commander of the British Army at Dunkirk. The message was, but if not. Three words. How important is it for us to know our Bible? To know the words that God has given us. Everybody was agonizing over those 350,000 troops knew they were going to die. And they heard three words. And they knew their Bible. In a matter of hours, without any formal organization, thousands of English citizens got in their own private boats and began heading across the English Channel towards their trapped soldiers. Courage under fire. They're like, no, we know what that message is. Our troops saying, we don't care, we will die here, but we're not going to surrender. And those people said, you know what? We're getting in our boats, and we're coming after you. The boats were of every kind imaginable. Small fishing boats, trawlers, larger private boats, and even an Olympic racing yacht. At the risk of their own lives, from the dangerous waters and certain enemy fire, they raced to the beaches of Dunkirk and began evacuating the weary soldiers. By the next day, all, all the troops have been rescued and what historians now call the miracle at Dunkirk. But if not, and everybody knew what that meant. Those people got in their boats and were probably certain they were going to die. And this is how God works. Hitler, they had a fleet of ships coming in. They already had them backed up against the sea, and here comes the fleet of ships. And Hitler, for some unknown reason, put a stop to that fleet. He thought they might need them somewhere else. And that commander of that fleet was mad. But he listened, and he stopped. The waters in this channel normally, like I said, they, they, they thought they were just going to die from the waters themselves, even trying to get there. Calm. Right. Calm. You don't think God's not in control? God is in control. Those people reacted to the word of God because they knew the word of God. And they went. 350,000 soldiers on all these little boats. They couldn't get the big boats even in there. So what they did was they took everybody in all these little boats, got them out to the bigger boats. They just kept making trips. Probably just waiting, right? Just waiting. At some point, somebody's got to start shooting at us. Somebody's got to start killing us. Nothing. But if not, that's courage under fire. That's the kind of people, the kind of men 
that we need to be. We need to react courageously, correctly to the Word of God. In James chapter 1, again, I thought, I thought for sure that, that Alan was going was gonna, to gonna snatch it. But it's because we need to hear it, right? In James chapter 1, <clears throat> beginning in verse 21, So therefore, ridding yourselves of all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, implanted in us, right? Which is able to save your souls. Improve yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. But once he's looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who's looked intently at the perfect law, right? The law of freedom of liberty and has continued in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an active doer, this person will be blessed in what he does, right? Look it in here, and as you said last night, be an effectual doer. Be a doer of the word. Not just a hearer, not just anything else, right? James 4, 7. We're there in James. I used to see, I used to use the second half of this. James 4, 7. Resist the devil and he will flee from you, right? Sounds so easy. I'm just going to resist him and he'll flee. But what's the first part of that scripture? Submit, therefore, to God. That's what we must do first. And that submit there is yield. And I've often laughed because we've all driven on highways where people have no understanding of what yield means. You know? What what does yield mean? You let the other go first. That's what yield means. And so God says that we must yield to God. We must let who go first? God go first. God goes first. When we submit, when we yield to God, then what? Then we can resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Now, most of these with YouTube videos, Joe and I get to see this first. When people flee, man, they run. They're jumping fences, doing everything they can to get away. That's what we can do to the devil. That's what he will do away from us if we yield to God first. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist him, and he will run like the coward that he is. Because that's what he is. you got to understand that. When we're going up against this guy, we're the courageous ones. He's the coward. Remember, you're fighting a coward. He's destined for the lake of fire, and he knows it. He's going to do anything he can to get us there. He's going to knock off that, that living matrix, right? Well, you as men, as leaders... Right? Who's he going to try to take out first? Us. You think about that. You think about how many people Bill has, has built, how many, how many spiritual children he has. And if the devil can take him out, how many of those kids are going to go away too? You start, you start plucking that living matrix from the bottom and it's just going to what? It's going to collapse. You don't think the devil knows that? He's a coward, but he's cunning. He's evil. 
But remember, he's a coward. He's a coward. And when we say those words, that's going to infuriate him. Him listening right now, going to be upset, isn't he? That's okay. Bring it on, dude. Like, bring it on. You stay on the offensive. If you, if you ever watch, I watch a lot of, of, of shootings, of interactions with cops because I want to know what they did right and what they did wrong. So I do it, I use it as a study. And, and almost every single time when those cops sit back and play the defensive position, they either get killed or somebody gets away. When they stay on the offensive, when they continue to attack and move forward, they win. It's the same thing for us. Stay on the offensive. You keep going. You keep moving forward. You never take that defensive position and, and hide, right? Go after him. He's a coward. He's going to flee. And that gives us the power because when he flees from us and he goes try to find somebody else, now what, what can we do? Come up next to that brother or sister. Now we're there to help, right? Go try to find somebody else. And hopefully we're snatching people out of the fire, building that living matrix. We can hasten the coming of the Lord. Do you know that? We build that living matrix. We build it up. That's it. We don't know what the number is. We don't know where that is, right? Wouldn't it be awesome to be that one? When you immerse, you know, come up out of the water, and then boom, sky split. That was it. That's the number I was looking for. Here he comes. That's what we're living for. That's what we're looking for. Man, that should be our motivation. As we talked about in Acts 2.42, devoting yourselves to those. You don't have to go here. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says what? Test yourselves. Examine yourselves to see that you're in the faith. Should we be looking at our own lives? Making sure we're in? Yes. But I get the log out of our own eye, right? We're working the sliver in somebody else's. Now let's go to Revelation 21. I'll read a little bit more than what, what Kirk did. I have read this for years. And that verse 8 finally hit me. Isn't that crazy how you look at stuff all this time? And then finally, like, like wow, I see that. Beginning in verse 1. In, in Revelation 21, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there was longer uh, any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among the people, and he will dwell among them, and it shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Yes, right? That's the day we're looking forward to. That's what we want. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no longer any death. There'll no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write these words. Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give water to the one who thirsts in the spring of the water of life without cost. The one who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. If you don't find encouragement out of that, I don't know what, what are you looking forward to, right? And here it is, but for the cowardly and unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually moral persons, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Starts off, right? 
like I said, God sets these things up for a reason. The first on the list, cowardly. Secondly, unbelieving. Over the top of murderers, everybody else. God does not want us to be a coward, right? He wants us to be courageous. He's given us everything he needs to give us, right? My goodness, he sacrificed his own son for us. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit. He's given us his word. It's up to what? It's up to us to do it. To be the doers of the word. To know who you once were and who you are now. Able to make the devil flee. I was going to bring it. And I forgot it. I have a four foot by three foot canvas painting. More of a portrait. Of an old school warrior. Like metal mask. Big deal with this with this saying, right? Out of every 100 men, 10 shouldn't even be there. 80 are just targets. Nine are the real fighters, and we're lucky to have them because they make the fight. But there's one. The one is a warrior, and he will bring the others home. God wants us to be a warrior. Right? You be a warrior for Jesus. You be a warrior for your physical family. You be a warrior for your spiritual family. And you be a warrior for others. And we snatch people from the fire. We're courageous when we do it. And we wait for that awesome day when the Lord comes back to take us all home. Thanks for listening. You believe in miracles? You believe in miracles? Maybe? I believe in miracles. The miracle of Dunkirk. When General George Washington the Continental Army was on the peninsula of what now we would call downtown New York, General, I can't remember the British general's name, but he had him right in his grips. He's going to march right in, surround the troops. There's nowhere he could go. Fog came in. Fog so thick. I mean, fog so thick. You could barely see in front. And this is during the daytime. Couldn't see in front of your face. And the American troops were able to skirt right around those British soldiers. And they come in where they knew George Washington was, and he wasn't there. You go back and you study the history. The war would have been over. God brought that fog in. Many years before... Lieutenant George Washington in the British Army, one of the many lieutenants under the command of General Braddock, were going to one of the British forts 
during the French and Indian Wars, and I can't remember the name of the fort. But on their way, the French and the Indians ambushed that column of British soldiers. And they killed General Braddock, and they killed every single lieutenant, except for George Washington. The British troops were decimated. There were very few that got back to report what had actually happened. General Washington was one of them. After the fighting was done and they were away, moving quickly through the woods on that trail back to safety, General Washington got off his horse. There were 11 bullet holes in his coat. 11 bullet holes in his coat. Three horses had been shot out from under him. He just grabbed another horse because there were plenty around that didn't have riders on them. When he had become president of the United States, he went back to those woods. One of the old Indian chiefs came to see the man that God's hand protected from his rifle. That Indian chief told President Washington that he shot seven shots clear and true. And he could not kill that lieutenant, George Washington. You see, we are a part of a nation. Whether George Washington was a Christian or not, he believed in God. He believed in the inerrancy of the Bible. He believed that Jesus Christ was the one and only sovereign. God used that man, whether he was immersed into Christ for the right reason or not, God used that man because he believed there was one true sovereign and he would serve him. You go back and you read true history, not the rewritten history. You believe in the miracle of Dunkirk? I believe in the miracle of the Constitutional Republic of the United States of America. And we are blessed recipients of being citizens in this country. But more importantly, we are blessed citizens of this eternal, unshakable kingdom. And we're called to rescue, to pluck out of the fire, to bring to their senses all those who are held captive by the devil to do his will. Now, man, I'm telling you what, I love conveniences. I <laughs> mean, I do. You were telling me about this morning when you're talking about your sweet wife and your sweet little baby girl and man you told me you just were there and you're snuggling and you got up and just little one more hour with my lovely wife and baby girl and I know exactly and I don't fault you any at all man man you ramrodded up here mocked you with your hair on fire I'm sure am I wrong okay anyway he's gonna get here Good thing none of 
Lane County or Springfield or Eugene's finest caught him in the act. But we're just thankful you're here. But the reality is, is that, man, I crave that time when I can rest. But time's short. Time's short. Like Brian, he struggled to make sure the priorities are right. And we got to get those priorities right. But if Jesus is always sovereign, we'll make the right priorities and we're going to make the time. And that time is no longer our own. We're bought with a price. Our bodies are his in these bodies. As long as they're living in this physical world, they need to be sacrificed for Christ by sacrificing ourselves for others. Amen. And that really needs to be what we're here about, gentlemen. Courageously making sure that Christ is first and everything we do is to bring others to a saving knowledge of Christ, that they might join this great army and be a part of the eternal, unshakable kingdom. Amen? That's what this is about. This is what it's all about. Helping our wives, helping our kids, making sure we're testing ourselves to see we're in the faith. Not compromising, not rationalizing, but continuing to drive. You hear when he says he, he uh, slips up, uses one of those, those colorful words to help express himself, pierces in the heart, he asks God to forgive him. You know what? As long as we're in this flesh, can we still get tripped up by the devil? Okay? But that doesn't mean you're out of grace. It doesn't mean you're out of, of God's family. That means you took your eyes off the Lord and now you got to put them back on there, ask for forgiveness, know that he's faithful, and keep on moving. You can't be wallowing in the mire. Just keep on moving, knowing that he's forgiven you of that sin and forgiven you of all unrighteousness. Empowered once again. Amen? Sure to appreciate the messages so far. I don't know what your calendar or your little program says, but it looks like we're going to be back here at 7 o'clock tonight. 7 o'clock tonight right here. And we're having Joey on first. Is that right? And then we're going to, is it Joey first and then Mark? Yep. All right. So I, I changed this up because we got some other guys coming up. They'll be here shortly. <clears throat> I'm going to be running back into town. I got some stuff that one of you might want to share with them. But um, I want you to be here ready. 7 o'clock to listen to Joey and then Mark. You know, the message has been great as we're growing. The crescendo. You know, Matt Keichler is always... <laughs> when Matt Keichler preaches, man, you're on your heels. And even though you don't want to be necessarily going to be on your heels, that's how he operates. Kind of like uh, the last preacher. And then Jeff Drillinger's... Man, I tell you what, that guy is everywhere all the time, all at once. Okay? And he's going to be here tomorrow morning to finish it up. And I just appreciate him. So these messages are important. The time is now that we need to be courageous. Courageous, fearing only God. Amen? All right, let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Holy Father, for the rich blessings of your love. Uh, Father, we would ask in your son's name, Jesus, that you would help us, dear Heavenly Father, to give ourselves more fully to your service. Help us, Father to understand the fear of God, that in awe of who you are and the powerful, powerful miracles you are able to bring about uh, in our lives and helping others, that dear Lord God in heaven, that you can use us if we would but yield ourselves in worship and service, yield ourselves in awe and adoration 
for who you are and what you are doing and are capable of doing in our lives. Father, may we not fear all those who desire to crush us, but rather courageously, fearlessly serve you, dear Heavenly Father, until our last breath. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.